Support for this episode comes from our friends at Bold, Shopify's largest app developer, with amazing apps that do cool stuff, like subscriptions and recurring orders, wholesale and VIP pricing, loyalty programs, upsells, daily deals, super advanced product options, and more. Plus, they have a special offer exclusively for unofficial Shopify podcast listeners. To get any of their apps free for 90 days, go to website rescues.com slash bold to get started. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Unofficial Shopify Podcast. It's me, Kurt Elster, and joining me today is wonderful Australian... What's your name? Gavin Ballard. Ah, perfect. And you are... In what country are you in, despite the accent? Despite the accent, I'm, I'm currently in Sweden, southern Sweden, um, which is experiencing an unusual warm-ish spell for, for autumn at the moment. So I don't know really if I've nice. ever asked you, and I, I've meant to, how did you find yourself... How do we find a, an Australian in Sweden? Uh, pretty much every Australian that lives in Sweden has the same story, and that is that <laughs> they, they met a guy or a girl when, when that Swede was pa- backpacking around Australia and got convinced to, to come back despite the, the downgrade in weather. <laughs> um, so, so that's what I, why I'm over here. Um, and what part of Sweden it, are you in? Uh, it's a town called Lund. It's it's right down the south. Um, so if you know, you might know Malmö, famous for right. Eurovision. It's about ten minutes north of that, so um, it's really it's really nice old town, and you've actually got really close access to Malmo, which is a bit of a city, and then Copenhagen's only about forty minutes away as well. And is that uh, is that where you're you're laying down roots? That's where you're going to stay, or do you see yourself going elsewhere? Uh, look, we'll see. It, it's it's hard to resist the lure of uh, of going back to Australia for a little while. Um, and especially when you're in the sort of line of work that that we're in, um, it's and you can tend to work from anywhere. It's it's sort of quite tempting to flit here and there, um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. It's it's TBD at the moment. <laughs> Very good. Um, okay, and you know, really, the way um, you know we connected um, a, uh, through you know through Shopify, but through um, that wonderful Slack channel, e-commerce talk, um, you know, we've talked a lot in there. Anyone, you know, if you're interested in Shopify, you should really consider joining uh, e-commerce, uh, the e-commerce talk Slack channel. Also, I, I just love Slack. Anytime I can promote and advocate Slack, I do it. Um, and you wrote, you wrote a book. What is the name of that book? Uh, the book I have that's out is called Mastering Shopify Themes. Okay. Because um, so you are, it, a, you are a, a development wizard. You're a keyboard I, jockey. A smart man, um, and actually, I have used that book, your book, as a reference. That is, it's good to hear. I, I mean, you're you're in the book, so it's obviously got a very high standard for content. Um, yeah, so mastering Shopify themes, which is a course that I released earlier this year, um, and yeah, had a lot of success with that. It's been a lot of fun getting that out and talking to people who have who have bought it and learned a bit from it. Well, it's great to uh, write um, to write a book. You know, be it mm. immediately separates you as like you are an authority and an expert. I I mean, yeah, it's still hard to, sometimes to think of yourself as one, but uh, it's 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 definitely true that I, I've certainly noticed like a lot of a lot more people have um, approached me with for advice, and I mean, I I love I've got an almost dangerous obsession with uh, solving little shop of Shopify 
bugs and issues and, and things <laughs> like that. Um, but it, it's really great for meeting people and, um, yeah, coming across interesting problems which I can help people out with. Yeah. The um, Okay. But really, I mean, the reason I wanted to and the talk to you in the topic of today's episode is you have a upcoming um, info product, which mm. is what? Yes, I do. So I have I have two uh, products coming up actually, uh, both centered around the idea or around Shopify applications. Okay. So I've I've, I've written my my book about themes, and now I'm sort of looking at another side of the coin, um, which which is Shopify apps. And so I've got two. I mean, if it, for, for your audience who are predominantly um, store owners, yes. um, I, I believe that the most interesting thing that's coming out with is the the Shopify app handbook, um, and it's going to be a really a really simple. Um, you know, this is the sort of thing that you should be able to get through in in twenty thirty minutes. Um, but just a simple guide. I love world. little guides like that because they're so. Um they're like they're concise, they're clear. You don't have to. This isn't a thing you need to like revisit and set up, set time apart for. I mean, if you just like sit down and run through it um, quickly in one go and take notes, it's just like they're they're great to have that that expert info in, especially in like a high level format, like an executive summary. Yeah, exactly. If you're if you're running a store um, and you're you're kind of interested in Shopify apps, maybe you, you've probably installed a few if you're running a Shopify store at the moment. Um, but there are maybe some things you haven't thought about, or that you you just always wondered sort of how they how they work, how they fit together, how you can do things like um, evaluate whether an app's really going to work out for you. Um, so if you're interested in those sort of questions, that's sort of what this what this handbook is going to be all about. These are actually, I didn't even think about it or realize like what a great idea this is, the pain and problem it solves. And, you know, maybe you haven't or maybe you did, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, here's the, you know, from my standpoint is, you know, a Shopify expert who's predominantly working with helping people um, set up or optimize stores, like one of those two things. You know, I have to make a lot of recommendations on apps or often, you know, and what's probably is worse is recommendations on which apps to remove. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually I had a, uh, a coaching student, um, Zach Zhang, and for the life of me, I can't find this thing Googling it, but he wrote a newsletter called the Shopify app monitor. I am a subscriber. Oh, very good. Do you remember what the URL is? I Googled it. Oh, I couldn't find it. I, yeah, I, I can't remember. Off the, I just get the emails into my in inbox these days, but, um, yeah, so do I. And I'm like, where did the thing go? <laughs> Like I'm desperate. I'm trying to plug this thing for him, and I can't find it. Yeah, there's there's one for the show notes, I think. Yeah. The um. But yeah, such a like Shopify app monitor scrapes um, the Shopify app store, and you know whether they like it or not. I hope they let it keep running because it's nice. Um. And it uh it just sends a digest of hey here's the new apps that are added, and it's crazy how many there are. Like it is literally two to ten apps a day get added to it, the app it, store. It really is. It's 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 really overwhelming, and it sort of means that if you're if you're an expert and you're trying to keep abreast of it, you, you just don't have time to. No, to I gave try. up. I flat out gave up. Yeah, so it it sort of gets to the stage where you you might have a couple a set of of apps that you recommend to all of your clients because you you know that they work. You know um, that the developers are responsive, and you're going to get good customer service. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the masses of apps out there um, can be really tricky. Yeah, to, to find something that really um, solves a solves a problem for you, and that's really what it's about. I mean, I see 
Like some people just are like, oh, this app seems like a good idea and it can seem like a good idea and they just install it. You need mm-hmm. to be really ruthless about what apps, like as a store owner, what apps you install because each one represents additional load time, additional maintenance and an additional point of failure. And oftentimes like you'll land on a, someone's like, you know, more apps means more better means more sales. Like, okay, I get why you think that. But then you land on a page and there's just like widgets everywhere and they all have different branding and the thing doesn't look cohesive anymore. Absolutely. So like what, what, do you th- what advice do you have for that? Yeah, well, I would say probably the, the biggest takeaway that I would want someone um, reading through this handbook to get is, is very simply that um, apps should, should be used to solve an actual problem that you have. So you shouldn't be taking the approach of thinking, I've just set up my Shopify store, let's browse through the app store and see what looks cool. You need to approach it from the other way and, and really look at it um, as, as a return on investment because, I mean, looking through the app store um, and, and finding an apps and installing apps and configuring them, it's, it takes not only money if you decide to keep paying for the app month by month, it also takes a lot of time. Um, so, so you shouldn't really be doing it when you don't really need to. So what I say to clients and what I say to, um, to anyone who, who picks up the, the handbook um, is sort of st- start with a problem. Work out what, what is the biggest problem that your that your store faces, or the biggest few problems. Is it that you you aren't getting enough traffic, traffic, or that you are getting a lot of traffic but it's not converting, um, or are you not getting enough repeat purchases from from customers? Um, so start with the problem, and then think, well, what would I need to do, or what are some possible ways that I could solve that? So if your your issue is not getting enough traffic, then maybe you're, you're thinking, well, maybe I could um, generate more content that's marketed towards um, my ideal customer. Maybe there's an app that can help me out, out with that. Or if you're, if you're not converting customers well enough, then maybe you could think, well, maybe I need to make uh, or give a greater sense of urgency to the customers who are vi- visiting my store to sort of store to drive them to purchase things. So maybe an app could help me with that. Um, or maybe I'm not getting enough repeat purchases, so maybe I need to introduce a loyalty program or something like that. Um, so, so it's to turn the problem on its head, look at the problems you have, work out some potential strategies that you might be able to use to solve those problems, and then look for the apps that are going to implement those strategies for you um, so that you, you can sort of know from the get-go that uh, if, if an app says it does this, this, and this, that yes, it's going to solve a problem that you actually have at the moment so that you're not installing an app that is going to solve a problem that you don't have, and therefore, right. and that's leads- the yeah, that's the thing you want to avoid. I think, um, and we were talking this earlier, uh, talking about like workflow and tools. You have to avoid shiny toy syndrome, where it's just like you know, oh, this is cool, and yeah, there are plenty of cool apps, but do you need it? It's better mm. just like instead of just you're bored, so you browse the app store. Start with this is the pain or problem I have. Does a good app exist that can solve it? And if you do it that way and you're intentional with your business, um, you're going to end up with a lot fewer apps, lower cost on those apps, and a better shopping experience. That was a, a very nicely succinct way to, <laughs> to sum up what I just took five minutes to explain. Um, yeah, and, and I think you mentioned this before as well. That it, it is, um, there is a cost to, to apps, not only the time you need to spend to find them and install them. Um, there's the performance cost um, yes. and as we... <laughs> As I always try to hammer into people's heads um, when I'm talking about 
Thane development. Well, um, what's shocking is like how many times I have gone to like land in a Shopify store, you know, and the person says, oh, you know, like they've come to me and they go, well, you know, we have an issue where like the collections don't display right. And then when I look, it, the issue is because like there's so much garbage in the store. I've literally seen collection pages that are 30, 40, 50 megabytes. Mm. It's, it's, I mean, it, it's amazing how little attention a lot of store owners pay to, to the performance of their stores. Um, and it, I think, I think people are becoming more aware of it, but it's still, it's still a big problem. Um, and then the, the other cost that having a lot of apps introduces is there's a complexity cost as well. So sort of if, if you've got a whole bunch of apps on your store, then um, keeping track of what's doing what and, and yes. apps being compatible with each other is often a problem. And you can actually run into situations where um, conflicting apps are screwing each other up. Yeah, you need to think it like it is a, it's not unlike, um, you know, prescription drugs. If you like, <laughs> you know, you take one pill, you're probably fine and it has no side effects, you're probably fine. But like when you're taking four different drugs, none of which has side effects, but then you put them together, it's like suddenly you're going to have strange interactions. And it's, it's the a, same is true as soon as JavaScript and multiple apps is involved. Very true. I, I think maybe we need to introduce some sort of prescription system so that you can only use particular <laughs> apps. Yeah, at first you're like, record. yeah, I mean, that, that's right. That's Actually, that's a good point. You, if, like, you wouldn't just go to a doctor and say, decide, you have walked in, already decided the problem and the solution, walk in and say, hey, uh, I need an x-ray. Like, you wouldn't do that. And that's what the App Store, unfortunately, enables you to do, is to, like, yeah. write prescriptions for yourself for problems you don't have. Yeah, so I, I guess that kind of um, leads into an, another thing that I'm trying to address with the book, which is to try and help store owners understand or a good way to go about once you've once you've done what we've just talked about and identified a problem and you've sort of found an app that you think or a couple of apps that you might um, think are going to solve that problem how do you then look at um, evaluating them and working out which one is is going to be um, is going to be good I mean which Obviously. one? Yeah, so, you know, we talked about there's like two to ten new apps a day, which is in contrast to the theme store that has one to two new themes a month. Mm. Um, you know, with apps, there's it doesn't matter what pain or problem you come up with. I guarantee there's probably half a dozen or more different apps that all claim to solve that problem. So how do you know which is the right one? What do you do? And honestly, I don't I don't know the answer to this question. I trial and error my way through it. Yeah, I, I think the best way is to get recommendations from people you trust. So whether that's um, so not just reviews on the App Store, but the, the best sort of recommendation is if if you've been working with a Shopify expert um, and they're able and you trust them, uh, which you should be able to if you're working with a, a good Shopify expert, um, then their recommendation should should carry a lot of weight because they've probably seen a lot of stores and they'll be aware of things like all of these compatibility issues or the performance impact or at least they should be aware of that. Um, uh, and then other store owners are actually a really good source too. So if you find um, it's, it's surprising how little people use that resource even if because even if people are in the same sort of market, um, it doesn't necessarily yep. They have that. Sometimes people have that strain, and it happens in everything, even like for us, um, where people are like, "Well, we're competitors." I listen, man. I don't have competitors. I have peers and friends. Like you have to look at it that way. I mean, unless you're in a market where there's like ten customers and you're fighting over who gets five, you know, there's yeah. there's so many people, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, if you ask in communities like the Shopify forum, there's Facebook groups um, mm -hmm. that 
e-commerce talk, you'll find like if you had a problem, there's at least two other people who had it, tackled it, and solved it. Yeah, and so the two the two caveats I would put um, if you're asking for recommendations, um, or just two things to be aware of, really. The first one is just to check or at least ask whether there's any sort of commission. Um, being attached to this recommendation. It doesn't necessarily mean that someone is recommending you something without believing in it, but if, if someone is getting a, uh, some apps offer quite a hefty commission, so yeah, well, 10 or well, 20% I mean, of your it, lifetime revenue. Yeah, it's, it's public knowledge. Uh, yeah, Bold Apps has a referral program. Um, but, I mean, even so, I recommend, you know, they, they are the go-to solution for several things, you know, before that, that referral program ever happened. Absolutely, yeah. There's, there's definitely nothing wrong with that being. Um, it's just good to. It, it's excellent if a, if an expert or a person that's doing a recommendation is really upfront about that. Um, at, but often, if they can give you the recommendation and give you examples of where it's been used in the past, um, that's Gerald. You're right. That's how I do it. Someone will say like, "Here's my problem. What do I do?" Or like, "This is the kind of app I'm looking for." You know, I'll tell them, "Okay, here's you know based." Here's what um, you know. Other clients had success with, and then I can often point to a store and say, like, and here's it in action. You could see it, um, you know. And in the kit, like, uh, the only one where I do the the commission structure is is bold, and I'll be like, here's the link for bold. You know, they do pay, and then I'll I give essentially I'll give them the option. I'll be like, if you sign up through here, you get like I get a referral on it, but otherwise you could just add it to your store. Yeah, I think that's a great way um, to do it, and that sort of makes um, customers feel. A lot more comfortable with taking the recommendation because they know. You just that want you're to not... be transparent about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the the other caveat I would I would say is or mention is if you're getting if you're asking for recommendations for an app to solve a particular problem in something like a Facebook group or a forum, um, and someone gives you a recommendation, try to make sure that that the person recommending the app a has actually installed and used the app. That it, it seems that there, a lot of people will. Um, uh, see a question and I think, oh, I can help them with that. And yeah, they, and that you're, they have the best intentions, but yeah. They do, but it, it's really not that useful to just, uh, it, it's exactly like uh, someone just Googled something for you. It's, it's not particularly useful. Um, so check to see that they've actually used the app. And then in certain situations, check to make sure that the, the person that's used the app is sort of in a similar situation to you with your store. So if you're getting a recommendation for an app, an app that I uh, really love, for example, which is um, uh, Source, their uh, segmented marketing tool. Um, but they're, they're only really going to be useful for you once you're a store that is um, getting quite a few thousand unique visitors a month. Um, and so if someone recommends that to you and you're getting 100 visitors a month, you're not going to see a lot of value out of that app. So you really need to make sure that the, the app or the person that's recommending the app has a sort of similar um, size store or is, is in a similar sort of boat to you. Yeah, that's that. a good point. Yeah, I didn't think of that. You're right. Like the same problem will have a different solution depending on whether you're, you're you know, like, like enterprise scale or just starting out or in, you know, the like just have a moderate level of traffic. Those could be, you know, totally <laughs> different things. Yeah, so if you, to continue the source example, if, if your problem is that you, you want to sort of segment your, your market so that you give your VIP visitors um, some special deals or something like that, source is great for automating that process and bringing in a lot of um, different data sources to do that sort of segmentation. Um, but if you've got 
10 customers um, in a month, then you're much better just export it to CSV, manually yeah, hand pick them out. with a spreadsheet. Yeah, exactly. You're going to save yourself probably time and, and money. And your problem at that stage is getting more traffic in, getting more conversions. It's not um, doing the sort of advanced segmentation that, uh, that an app like that does. All right, so let's get, let's get simultaneously a little more basic and a little more technical. Um, okay. When we say Shopify app, I don't think people realize exactly what's going on there. Give us the high-level overview of what, you know, what a Shopify app is and what it's doing. Sure. So Shopify apps are actually a little bit different from what your traditional concept of an app might be. So if you're talking about an app on your smartphone or um, another common use case, people may have seen a WordPress plugin. So in both of those situations, you, you install an app and it sort of runs on the same platform. So for example, it runs on your iPhone or a, a mobile app runs on your iPhone or a WordPress plugin, it runs on the same server as, um, as WordPress. Uh, but with Shopify, apps are actually completely separate web applications. So anyone who's developing a, a Shopify app has to set up their own own server up in the up in the cloud somewhere, or maybe running running in their basement. I don't know if anyone actually does that anymore. Um, but they they need to have their own server that's that's running somewhere, and then um, using it communicates with Shopify via the Shopify API. So basically exchanging messages with Shopify to fetch information about your store or to make changes to your store. Um, so like I said, it's, it's a little bit different um, to a, a plugin because it's a bit more removed from the actual platform. So your, your Shopify apps aren't actually running on the same server as your Shopify store. So it does in some cases mean that apps um, are, are a little more limited than what you can do with um, the Shopify admin, for example. Some features Shopify don't make available to apps. Um, and it also means that there are limitations on sort of how quickly Shopify apps can do things. That's true. Um, yeah, it is. It's different because you normally picture, you know, when you say like app and app store, which is, you know, essentially what we have here. Um, no, I mean, literally, it, it is called the Shopify app store. You know, you picture it like, you know, like your iPhone where a block of code comes down and is executed and operates solely on your phone. When in reality, yeah, Shopify apps, um, it's really, you know, they're running on a, a third-party platform um, and they just integrate nicely and communicate well with your Shopify store. That's like functionally what's happening. Um, and then they may or may not drop like blocks of code into the theme. Um, but all right, uh, that part's getting technical. The important okay. distinction is um, they're ru they're running like the code, the database, all that stuff for a Shopify app actually doesn't happen in your store. It happens elsewhere. Um, and that's where you get yeah. issues like you can't store credit card data and that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's not necessarily going to make a lot of difference to you as a store owner and certainly not to your to your customers. But it does mean that there there are some extra things to think about. Um, so when you're when you're picking an app, you sort of want to be reasonably confident that the people who write it sort of know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> well, and that's and, the danger. Like I that's the danger to free apps is so like fundamentally. I mean, there's cost and overhead to run any app at all. Like, cause it has to live on your server somewhere. So I would like. There's some good free apps like Persistent Cart, you know, it's very simple, does one thing, does it perfectly well, and it's free. Um, but for the most part, like, the, there's an advantage in paid apps because you've, you're increasing the likelihood 
that the person wants to support it, that they want to answer your, like, they want to update it, they want to answer your support request, they want to make sure it's up. Um, you know, you want to you want to compensate people for that time. Absolutely. Um, that actually kind of touches on um, another subject that, that the handbook will cover, which is is just thinking about the pricing of the app and, uh, like I was talking about earlier, seeing buying an app or paying for an app on an ongoing basis, um, it really needs to be an investment that, uh, and you need to be aware of what you're getting out of out of the app so that you can sort of judge. Yeah, you've got to think of it in, like, in terms of return on investment. So either, like, will I sell X enough more to cover this or is it going to save me enough time at whatever my effect that I can, like, improve my effective hourly rate? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So I think um, there's, there's certainly in some parts of the Shopify app store at the moment, there's, there's a race to the bottom with uh, apps that are sort of one app will come out doing uh, uh, offering a feature for $5 a month and then the next day another one will come out offering it for $4 a month and then $3 a month and, and so on. And um, while that might be seen as good from a consumer's perspective, sort of from a store owner's perspective, um, if at the end of the day, if the developers aren't making enough to properly support that app and make sure the infrastructure is there to make sure the app is still running, um, then then in the end, you actually can end up with a much uh, more inferior product uh, and have things go down in the middle of a crucial period because the um, the app developers aren't making enough money to to run the, the project. Now, obviously, I'm very biased <laughs> when, I, when I say this because I, uh, my my company does do um, Shopify app development. Uh, so we, we have apps um, and we do custom app development for clients. So it's And you guys do. So actually, that brings me to the next topic, custom apps. People, I don't think a lot of people realize that like custom or private apps are an option and are out there. Um, run us through it. Walk us through it. Yeah, sure. Like what's so, a custom app and in what situation would I want to do that? Yeah, so for every app that you see in the app store, there's probably at least 10 apps that are out there um, running on a merchant's um, store that you'll you'll never see. Um, and that's because they've been privately developed by either um, in-house by that merchant or by a developer um, for that customer. Um, and so they work, they have the same capabilities as a um as an app in the App Store, but the, the big difference is um, a custom app is something that's been built specifically for that particular client. So um, it, it's tailored to to the client, to their problems, to their customers. Um, it can mean it can mean from a development perspective um, that you you can build things a bit quicker because you don't have to worry about covering all of the use cases. But it also means that you can you can tailor a solution that is very very um, specific and and sort of leads to the best possible customer experience. Um, when it comes to, to custom apps, if, if you start thinking about it, um, I guess again it's, it's a question of um, return on investment. You sort of you sort of need to be faced with a problem that is really hurting you um, that you can you can sort of almost put a dollar figure on and then look at how much is it how much would uh, it cost to develop a custom app that solves this problem for me? Um, because re- really it does need to be um, thought of as an investment um, because custom app development is generally not the cheapest thing in the world. Um, so so often if you for the stores that are just sort of starting out or they're, they're not um, seeing a lot of revenue or they haven't really settled into a consistent stream of revenue, 
than um, using an existing app and perhaps seeing if there's any way that the developer, if, if that particular app isn't meeting your needs, maybe it's worth reaching out to the developer of that app and saying, could you maybe customize it, tweak it a little bit? And that, and some developers are open to that. Um, and that often ends up being a lot cheaper than getting someone else to build a custom app from the ground up. Yeah, so uh, you really, you've got two options. Either, like a custom app could either be, you know, it's own, your own 100% custom solution or a branch of like a, you know, a, a modified version of an existing application. And I've had um, clients, you know, where they're like, well, like I need to do X, Y, and Z. And I go, okay, like here's the best app to solve that um, well, but it's only going to do X and Y. And they're like, eh, I really need Z. I'm like, all right, send them an email and ask if they'll build it for you and like put a price tag on it. And oftentimes you could be, you'd be surprised at like, um, you know, it's hard when you're not the app developer, it's hard to judge complexity. So like there are simple things where it's going to be like, oh, that's $9,000. And then there's stuff that seems complex to you that may only be 900. And that really is the range. Yeah, it is, as you say, it's very difficult a lot of the time, even for people who are experienced with app development, um, until you sort of start digging into the details of a client's um, problem, um, it can be very difficult to judge the scope of, of um, a solution. Um, so the good thing is that generally uh, anyone who is a um, decent custom application developer is going to be really open and transparent about the process um, and they're going to be able to tell you pretty quickly whether the idea that you've got is a sort of uh, a short project that they may be able to knock over in a couple of weeks um, or whether it's going to be something that's going to take three months and $100,000 of development time. So um, finding a, a good uh, app developer there is probably the key. Well, and that's tough. Like, that's harder than it sounds. And part of the problem is, like, with Shopify experts – you know, they just, it's like design development and development is such a broad category. Like I'm listed in development because I do, we do front end development. We're really not going to develop a custom app. And that, I think that should be like, you know, they should address that and either like make it its own category or like break out or better define development. But you know, how do you find a good custom app developer? Um, well, I'm, I'm trying to tiptoe around the question, around your question without saying, just talk to me. But um. <laughs> Well, at the same time, like, there's nothing wrong. People, should, no, you're a good app developer. People should, should reach out to you and ask you, you know, and give, give you first right. And you can either, A, yeah. you can say, yeah, I could do that and it should be this much. Or, hey, here's a couple of people you should talk to. Uh, absolutely. I will say it for you. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Gert. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I, I am always happy to, to talk to people, um, even if they're just sort of at a very early what on earth would this cost uh, sort of stage. And as um, long as we're here, where would they find you? What would be the best uh, way for they, them to get in touch? The best way to find me uh, or the com my company that does customer app development is at discolabs.com. Um, so that is www.discolabs.com. Um, if you're interested in reading uh, my personal site, that's gavinballard.com. Um, or you can find me at, at Gavin Ballard on Twitter, where I'm always very happy to answer questions and, and talk to people who are interested in Shopify stuff. Um, but, but assuming that you, you can't find me for some reason, um, which, which won't happen, but uh, it, it may, I may be super busy or something like that, um, the, the Shopify experts listing is a, is a decent place to start off. Um, 
for, for de development work. Probably the best place I think is to reach out to existing app developers that are have either developed something like we were talking about before that is kind of close to what you need uh, and you might just need some a few custom tweaks or alternatively just to find some app developers that have sort of done um, similar sorts of apps before. So, for example, if you're looking for a custom shipping application to meet your, your special shipping requirements, um, then maybe have a look on the, the app store for anyone who's done a shop, shipping app before and just ping the developers. Um, so it's it's actually a reasonably tight-knit community uh, amongst developers a lot of the time. And so even if they're not really available to do the work, um, it's pretty frequent that they may be able to refer you to someone. Um, and then then it's sort of like it is with any sort of engagement of, of a um, professional, you sort of you need to um, go through their onboarding process and sort of sit down with them, talk to them and see, see how you feel. Um, if your gut is telling you that this person is not going to be fun to work with, um, then quite often that gut, that gut instinct is right and you should just walk away. I mean, th this is how I approach things from... Um, from the other side of the table. I was going to say, yeah, it goes, it goes both ways. You know, if, often if I'm on, you know, if it, I mean, you should also like, people should consider that when they write the email to the developer, like, you know, I'll get like nonsensical two sentence emails where I'm like, I, what, how can you not form a coherent email? So like yeah. you are, um, you know, you need to, to sell the, sell the developer on yourself first. Yeah, I think that's um, really important because the, the, the developers um, that are good at what they do are always going to have inbound leads coming coming through and so um, they're going to be saying no a lot. So it's it's very easy to say no without really, even if you've got um, a really good idea and you are really genuinely enthusiastic about it, if you do what I see so many um uh, companies do and if you ask um, let's say your secretary and you say can you get me five quotes for this app what they'll do is they'll go to the Shopify experts directory copy and paste the same email to five different experts um, not really looking at what who that expert is or where they're located um, often you know you'll get an email that's got the wrong name or something on it and that just and the email coming from someone who isn't going to be making the final decision or isn't responsible for the actual development, that's a really off-putting thing from a developer's perspective because it's sort of you feel like you're going to have to wade through bureaucracy to, to get to someone, talk, talk to someone who's actually going to be able to sign off on the project. And so when you have um, other clients that are knocking on your door, it's very easy to just quickly... Um, move on to someone else who who is treating your time a little more seriously. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You never want to talk to, like, you don't want to, if you're the buyer, you don't want to send someone else to go talk as you because you're like, it, it's not going to work well for anybody. No, exactly. I mean, at, at the end of the day, app developers are, are professionals and they should have a, a good process for, for getting to know you and, and really understanding what your um, what your needs are. Um, it, you are the customer at the end of the day. If there's someone you you feel really strongly about where you say like, okay, this is the guy I want to work with, the way I would tackle that to really ensure it is reach out and say, hey, I'd love, you know, you seem like the expert, the authority um, in the space. This is what I'm trying to do. Can I pay you $100 for, you know, an, an hour of your time to talk on the phone and let me pick your brain? And yep. I, that's like, 
you know, if they still, if they say no to that, then it, it isn't meant to be. <laughs> um, but that kind of, like, I've had people approach me with that. Um, I've used that and it, it's just a really great way. Takes a lot of the stress and the anxiety out of that, like, initial kind of feeling each other out phase of the relationship. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really nice way to start off a relationship on a, on a professional footing. Um, and so it's amazing that if you if you just start that relationship off from that sort of position of uh, respecting people's time and respecting that someone takes your work seriously, then um, it's it's a lot easier to to get a good feeling for each other and, and work out how you can help each other out and work together. Yeah, the worst thing you could do is send that that two sentence email that's just like, "Hey, need an app that does X? Give me a quote." And you're like, "What? Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do with that?" Because yeah, it's those... like, A, clearly you're price shopping, and B, you don't take me seriously. So, like, what? I mean, no one wants to deal with that person. Yes, those emails, uh, when they come into my inbox these days, they get a canned response, and I move yeah, on. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I use a text expander, so it's just uh, semicolon decline, and then it just pops in, you know, a polite email being like, we're not a good fit. Um, and on that downer note... <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I that, I, I feel um, like I feel like we we ended it uh, with you know when we were talking about uh, being able to find someone who really does um, get your needs, but from both from both sides of the yes. table, then, um, then magical things can happen. And yeah, happen. The, yes, no, absolutely. And the point, like you want, you know, you uh, you want to enable your own success, um, and the developer wants your success, but they can't want it for you. So, like, you have to demonstrate, hey, I'm serious. Now, I've done the research, I'm willing to put in the work, um, and this is what I need to do, can you help me? And like, if you approach it from that angle, you're going to get a much better um, response and have you know talented developers take you seriously. And yeah. That's I mean, my point. Th- yeah. If we want to finish on a, on a happy story, um, last week we uh, at Disco launched uh, a, a plus store with four, no less than four, um, custom applications um, for a, a charity down in Australia. And well, I, I saw, saw that site. It looked great. What was the name of it? Yeah, it's called usefulgifts.org. Um, so it's a site that allows um, people to start their own, essentially, uh, crowdfunding campaigns to purchase things for people living in poverty. So uh, goat, purchase goats and towards a, a fundraising goal or something like that. Um, and so that's building up, built out on, on Shopify+. Plus. Um, it was it was really fun to work with the um, the team at Tier, which is the organisation, were like we were talking about, very professional and respectful of, of the time. But then, as soon as we got to working together, it was just a, a lot of fun to work with them. So that's um, I think from our perspective, anyway, that's that's one of the projects that we've um, worked on that we're the most proud of and had a lot of t- a lot of fun working on it. Congratulations. So Thank you've you. got okay. So if someone wants more info, they want more on this, they should grab um, your app handbook. Absolutely. Where that's um, and it's not out yet, is it? Uh, it it's when when's this episode going to the air? It, it'll, <laughs> it'll be out. Um, it'll probably be out by the time this time this goes um, to air. If not, there is a an email um, box that you can check your email into, and we'll send it to you when it's ready. It's one hundred percent free. Um, oh, for geez, anyone free. Who, yes, you should charge yes. one dollar for it so that people so that they if they had to spend money on it they will at least read it we 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 may jack the the price up i feel it's it's a 20 to 30 minute read um if it's uh, 20 30 minute read charge so, nine bucks for it <laughs> nine bucks no really it's that's product ladder theory i would start with like that book is nine bucks and then you do you know a, a bigger um 
like either a, a bigger, longer book or bundle, or, you know, it's just that those, the people pay the nine bucks for that. Then, you know, you could do like a, you know, a paid call with them or, you know, they, then they, you know, really want to get a hold of and talk to Gavin because they've, mm. they've invested. They've said yes. And they've, they've, once they've spent a dollar on you, they're willing to spend more. And that, like that works for consultants, info products, e-commerce stores. That's, that's great advice. That's true. Well, all, all the listeners can blame you when they come to the landing page now, uh, and uh, there's a ninety-nine dollar price tag on it. <laughs> well, we'll do it this um, way. It's you know for the put it up for free for a week, you know, or whatever, and then you know gather reviews, testimonials, and then after that, the the price goes up from there. That that could happen, but uh, <laughs> yeah, if, if so, if you're listening to this, rush to discolabs.com <laughs> forward slash handbook. Uh, and you'll be able to, to pick up a copy. Um, and, and again, yeah, if you do have any, any questions about anything Shopify-related, app-related, um, then, then do get in touch with me at Gavin Ballard. Very good. Thank you, Gavin. Um, yeah, that's perfect. I'm going to end it there. See you guys next week.